Hey, you're listening to the Negotiating Life Podcast. I'm Jeremy, a crisis and hostage negotiator turned business leader. And today, we're talking about the screw you hour. What is it? And how do you overcome it in any situation? That's exactly what we're talking about today. The screw you hour. Have you ever heard of it? If you're a negotiator, you have for sure. But let me tell you about it from my first negotiating experience. I remember the first time that I ever had to respond and be the primary negotiator. That's the person who does all the talking and all the listening, but the primary negotiator with a barricaded person. This was a person who, without going into all of his details, he was a person that had barricaded himself inside a house because he knew that when he came out of that house, he was going to be going to prison for a very long time. And when officers arrived on the scene, he saw them coming and he barricaded himself in the house. I arrived on the scene and I was new and it was my first time ever being the guy to call, to make the phone call. And let me tell you how it happened. I called and he hung up every time on me. He picked up the phone and hung up five times. Right away, five times. Picked up the phone and hung up. Picked up the phone and hung up. Five different times. Then he began to answer and he talked to me and here's what he said. Stop calling me and he hung up. Stop calling me and he hung up. I'm not gonna answer again and he hung up and I just continued to call because that's what we do in this situation. And I remember for a moment looking at my team leader and saying to her, he's not going to talk to me. He's not going to talk to me. And she said, you're just in the middle of the, and I'm going to say it the nice way, you're in the middle of the screw you hour. Stick to it. So in negotiations, in hostage and crisis negotiations, you have what's called the screw you hour. What in the world does that mean? That means every time I try to talk to him, he's going to respond with some form of screw you. I don't want to talk to you. Matter of fact, after I finally got him to stop hanging up on me, he literally was just yelling at me. Go away. I don't want to talk to you guys. Why are you here? Leave me alone. To the point where he eventually said, okay, call me back, but I got to use the bathroom. Call me back. I got to use the bathroom. And then when I did call him back, he said he was in the garage, which was not his bathroom. There was no bathroom there. He was just constantly finding ways to not talk to me, basically giving me the virtual finger and saying, screw you. So what is this hour? What in the world is it? Like I said, it's at the beginning of every volatile or negotiation situation we have. It happens. They teach us this in training that it is going to happen. And I will tell you, at every scene, every incident I have been to, there has been at least one hour of this. In other times, it's gone two hours, three hours. The negotiator, the team, we don't get to determine how long it goes. It just goes until something changes. And what is it? It's, it's that moment where I don't know you, I don't trust you, I don't think I like you, and I don't want to talk to you. There's no trust established. Emotions are really high. There's a lot of fear. The amygdala, you know what that amygdala is, that responsive, that fight or flight or freeze part of our brain, it's in full on like hyperactive mode and things are out of control. There's often yelling. 
a whole lot of yelling. There's a lot of times there's crying. There's accusing, telling, telling me as the, as the person on the other side of the phone or the other side of the wall, the person on the phone, the person standing there on the bridge. There's a lot of accusing and assumptions. There's a lot of skepticism flying around. And a lot of times it's for good reason. That person lost their job and they're, and they're, in a, and they're having a crisis. They know they're going to jail like this gentleman. They just lost a major relationship. They're facing the consequences of actions that they've taken. There's desperation. And I believe that in any situation where there is desperation, whether it's in a hostage negotiation situation, whether it's in a family fight, whether it's in your business and you are earning that next client and you are trying to help that next person if you're in a service-based industry or you're trying to, to get that next account if you're a salesperson, I believe when you first walk into the room, whether it's quiet or loud, you are faced with the FU hour. It happens almost 100% of the time. Sometimes it is loud. Sometimes it is yelling and saying, leave me alone. Sometimes it's loud with the way I'm holding my body, my body posture. Sometimes it's silent and it's really subtle. Just in what I'm doing with my fingers and my hands or looking away from you. It's that part of the negotiation that says, I don't know you and I'm not sure I can trust you. I don't know if you really care. I don't know what you're really all about. For those of you guys who are in network marketing, it's, it's that moment when you first start messaging somebody because you really feel a connection and you want to help them and you're trying to connect with them and they're like, really, at what point are you going to try and sell me? And what are you trying to sell me? And you're like, no, I really think I can help you. Yeah, I don't know if I trust you yet. It's, it's that, it's that time that takes place before the know you, like you trust, trust you factor has kicked in. It's that time when the person on the other side of the phone, the other side of the text message, the other side of the door is asking the question, why should I even listen to you? Who are you? It happens everywhere. And it even happens in your business. It happens in your family. Like I said, it happens all the time. So how you handle this crucial time in the FU, how you handle it though, this will make the difference of the outcome of your negotiation. I have seen it. I have been to studies, case studies, and read about case studies. I have listened to debriefs of when the FU hour, when the screw you hour doesn't go well, the entire thing falls apart. Oftentimes the negotiator, when they, when they lose their, their cool, when they don't handle that part of the, of the, of the negotiations well, they literally have to be pulled out for a new person to go in. Because if you can't make it through the screw you hour, you will never get to the peaceful and trust-filled resolve that you need. It is a test. That screw you hour is a test from the subject to you. And so it's really important. I wanna give you, in in these few minutes today, I wanna give you some, some things to look for to know if you're in the screw you hour. So the first thing you got to look for, like I said, is what kind of response are you getting back from this person? What kind of response are you getting? If you're in the middle of the screw, you know it because let's use body language response and we'll use family today for an example. I know I'm in a screw you hour with my kids when the eyes are kind of rolling. Okay, dad. When it's the quick response. Okay, dad. nothing I'm saying is getting through. Right, dad. Okay, dad. yeah, sure, dad. I heard you. You may have heard me, but you didn't hear me. 
when, when the arms get folded. I know I'm in the middle of a screw you hour with my wife when she begins to clean furiously as we're having a conversation. As I come in the house, if I come into the house and she's like not really talking to me, but she is cleaning that like the same spot on the counter. Okay, what, where are we at right now? It lets me see. It's, it, you have to be observant. You have to see it. When I ask, hey, how was your day? Fine. And I begin, to, well, tell me, no, it was fine. When I get cut off, when you're getting cut off by people, when they're not answering the question that's been asked, when you're not having those kind of, those moments of really a conversation, but it's really short, not even to the point, it's actually around the point, you know what that feels like. You know what that feels like. It happens with your potential clients, your potential customers. When they don't really respond to you when, you, when you do message them or you do make that phone call, you don't really respond. Oh yeah, I'm kind of busy right now. Oh yeah, can we talk about this later? You know, when they don't really answer the question that is a genuine question, you're in the middle of the screw you hour. You're in the middle of it. So what do we do when we're in the middle of that hour? How do we get through it? Uh, there's a couple things you've got to know. There's a, you have to know that you don't get to determine when the hour is over. Like I told you, the hour that I was in with that very first negotiation, it actually only lasted about 25 minutes. That screw you hour lasted only about 25 minutes. And I'll tell you how I got through it. But then there's times that it lasts two to three hours. I stood on a bridge with a man for six hours one time. And, and that, that screw you hour lasted three of those six hours. Three of the six hours he was not willing to talk. He was not willing to have the conversation. He was giving me every screw you he could with his body language. So the number one thing you have to know is that you don't get to determine when it's over. And I think so many of us try to. When we're in that beginning stage, when we're trying to make that connection with somebody, we think we get to determine how it goes. You don't. It's not about you. It's about the person on the other side. It's about the person on the other side of the message, the person on the other side of the phone call. It is about them. It is never about you. You don't get to determine when it ends. Your job is to be patient. You have to be patient in the middle of that. What does that look like? That means you keep showing up in a person's life that you really believe they're your dream customer you keep showing up in their life and adding value even when they're saying, hey, screw you. Regardless of their response, you don't give up on them. You keep asking how they're doing. You keep checking in on the things in their life. You keep doing what you do with patience, proving that you're not going anywhere, proving that you're trustworthy, proving that you have a good intention for them. You have to be patient. That's the first thing you got to know is you don't get to choose when it ends and you have to be patient. The second thing you have to be willing to do is, or not do is you cannot react. You can't react. I will tell you, this guy, the first, this first negotiation, this guy who was barricaded, he was literally going to be going away for 300 years. That was going to be a sentence, which I always think those sentences are so ridiculous, but he was looking at 300 years in prison and he was not going to give me the time of day because he knew that as soon as he walked out that door, he was going away. 
It was done. It was settled. Everything but the verdict. It was settled. And he knew that. And so he yelled at me. He said all kinds of horrible things to me. And you know what I could have done? I could have lost my cool. I could have taken it personal. I could have, I could have reacted. and said, no, 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 listen to me. Hey, stop, listen. I couldn't do that. I couldn't react to his insults. I couldn't react to his um, temperature, how high he wanted to take it, how hot he wanted to be. I couldn't react to his temperature. I had to keep my cool. No matter how hot he got, I had to keep my cool. You cannot be the one who reacts. I always say this in any negotiation, the one who loses is cool. The one who reacts is the one who loses. If you react, you've already lost. I remember um, when I was first learning to parent, I had a really great mentor who, when we were talking about discipline, he said this to me. He saw me one time disciplining my child and he said, are you angry? I said, well, yeah, I'm angry. He's not listening. And he said, can I give you some parenting advice? And I'm like, of course you can. He said, if you're angry, you've waited too long. If you're already angry because you're reacting now, you're reacting. So you have to be proactive. The same thing is true here. You cannot react. You have to maintain your cool. The minute I react with my kids and I get angry with my kids, I've already lost because the point of the discipline was not my anger. The point it was for them. It just became about me. And if you're, he said, he followed up, he goes, and then when you've, when you've waited too long and now you're angry, now you're punishing them, which is about you getting what you want out of this, not disciplining, which is about them growing and them learning. So you can't react. The minute you react, you've lost the battle. The minute you get upset because so-and-so didn't comment back to you when you reached out, the minute you react because you didn't, because they didn't respond to your message the way you wanted them to, and you're like, fine then, I'm going to take my message and go home. Then you lose. When that, when that potential customer didn't jump on the chance to be your new client and you react, when, when you're in the middle of that conversation with your wife or your husband and they're not responding the way you want to and then you react and you take it to that level, that's when you've lost. That's when it's over. The screw you hour is a test of your ability to maintain your cool. So what are you doing during that time to keep you from reacting? This is number three. So number one, you're patient. Number two, you don't react. Number three, you have got to be listening for those triggers. You've got to be listening, watching, learning. And I'll teach you how to listen because it's one of my favorite things is learning true listening skills. But you have got to be listening for those triggers. What are the things that are coming out of a person's mouth? What are the things that they are shouting with their body language? I was able to end the FU hour in 20 minutes with this guy because I found something that was a trigger and a concern for him. In all his yelling, one of the things he said in one of his rants in that 20 minutes was, I know you're gonna kill my dogs. That's what he said, I know you're gonna kill my dogs. I didn't even know he had dogs in there, but in, a, in that moment I went, aha, that's something that matters to him. I listened. And when I had a chance, I was able to go, hey man, I want to make sure your dogs are okay. How many dogs do you have? And it felt like, it felt like an instantaneous change. And suddenly we went from 
F you to a few moments of calm. And we began to build on that. All about dogs. All about dogs. He ended up having four dogs. They were in four different rooms of the house. He was moving them all around because he was convinced we were going to shoot his dogs. Convinced of it. And by me starting just by listening for the things that mattered, listening for what this was all about, he knew eventually he was going to jail. He knew that. He was concerned for this one area. If you'll enter into a, 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 a screw you hour with your spouse, your significant other, listening for what's really going on, listening for what the anger really is all about, not demanding for them to tell you, but you truly listening and going, oh, okay, that's it. Okay, okay, hold on. Tell me more about that. You will go miles to prove that you care, that you're trustworthy. If you'll really begin to listen for the triggers in your, in your ideal client's life, if you'll begin to listen for the things that really matter and why they're giving, what, what it is that's kept them from trusting you and what it is they're looking for, and you listen through that and you see it in their shares on their, on their social media, listen through the messages you're getting back, listen through the phone conversations that you're having. If you'll do that, you'll hear the things that are triggers for them so that you can build on that. You can build trust on that because at the end of the day, you are trying to build trust with that potential customer or client, but you have to listen. You can't react and get, and get angry or stubborn or have a pity party when they don't do it the way you want. You have to listen for those triggers. So first, you're patient and know that these things take time. Secondly, you cannot react to their high level energy, to their heat. You've got to stay cool. Or you can't get hot when they're cold towards you. And third, you got to be listening for those triggers. Those things that are going to allow you to understand what's going on, understand what they need, understand what's hurting them, what their pain point is, or understand what their, their, their desired pleasure is. And the final thing is you got to get curious, not demanding. So many of us want to demand that people hear us. We want to demand that people listen because I know, I knew for that guy, my goal is the longer he talked to me, the more safe he actually would be because it was a dangerous situation. I was the only thing standing between him and the SWAT team. It was me and him. That was it. And I could have demanded that he stop yelling at me, that he would just shut up and listen, but I would have lost him. So instead, and then in the minute I lost him, I know what would have happened the SWAT team would have given up timing. They would have said, oh, the negotiators lost control. So we're going in and then a whole bunch worse would have happened. He could have been hurt. He could have been injured. And what I didn't know at the time is he had somebody else, an innocent person inside that house with him. And I didn't even know it. And neither did the SWAT team. So instead of being demanding, I had to get real curious. Tell me about your dogs. How many dogs do you have? And we spent time talking about his dogs, talking about where he got them, talking about what he wanted to have happen with them when he did come out of the house. I got curious about what got us there. Why are we having this conversation? What brought us here today? I got curious about his, how he even lived in that house. And we began to have conversations. And the minute I got curious and the minute we started, we could build on that curiosity. 
which allowed me to get more curious, which allowed me to build more trust, to hear more of what was going on. And eventually, when he walked out of that house with him and this other person, my heart stopped. Because here's what you don't always realize. You don't always know what else is going on behind the FU hour. And if we're not patient, if we react, if we don't listen and we become demanding, we aren't just risking that relationship with the one person. We may be risking the future customers, the future clients. In this situation, risking the life of somebody else. Because when we went in and cleared the house, we found guns. We found all kinds of things. So the FU hour, it's real. It happens in almost every situation. It happens almost 100% of the time in a true hostage and crisis negotiation situation. It happens in your business all the time. And I promise you this, the person who can't maintain their cool in the middle of the FU hour will lose the client. If you stomp off and walk away, you'll lose the client. If 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 you lose your cool, you'll never win the battle with your spouse or your children or that relationship you care about. Even when you've been wronged, this man committed a major crime, multiple crimes. He was in the wrong. It didn't change the desired outcome to go from hostile to trust. And in order to go from any situation that is lack of trust to trust, you have got to navigate the screw you hour. And the only way to do that is without reaction, a whole lot of patience, listening strong for triggers, and getting real curious instead of demanding. I hope that helps you guys this week. I am really excited about next time when we get together because I'm going to give you some really great listening skills. And I just can't wait. I'm enjoying every bit of this. So that's all we got for this week. And I will talk to you soon. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the Negotiating Life podcast, please leave me a review, subscribe, tell your friends about it. I can't wait to see you next week. This has been so much fun. Talk to you soon.